Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I love to talk about everything that's black. Sometimes we go economic, but sometimes we go in other directions. But once you go black, you never go back. And so today I want to talk a little bit about Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, who was the president of the United States for eight years. Uh, Barack is now out promoting his new book. Um, I don't have the title of his book in front of me. I, when I think about Barack, I think about the words hope and change, but I don't think that's the name of his book. Uh, I think it's called The Promised Land or, or, or something else. Right? Everybody's always promising something to black people, but I'm not here to diss Barack. I'm actually here to give an honest assessment of the interview that Barack did uh, with my friend uh, Charlemagne the God and DJ Envy and Angela Yee. And uh, I'm going to be as objective as I can be, but I'm also going to be as honest as I can be. So buckle your seatbelts, get comfortable, hit the thumbs up button, make sure you subscribe, hit that notification bell. And Dr. Boyce TV begins right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three, what did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on uh, on this platform, drboystv.com? First of all, this is the home for intelligent black people. So if you're not black and intelligent or at least trying to be, then you might want to get the hell out. Uh, this is not the place for you if you are a person who wants to continue ignorance. Uh, this this will not work for you. If you want to continue with the stereotypes, this place doesn't work for you. If you don't believe that black people can be smarter and better, uh, this is not the place for you. If you're not looking to improve, this is not the place for you. This is a place for those who are solution-oriented, who are willing to go wherever the solution may lie. So if that is you, then put a hashtag, hashtag B1, hashtag B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1 means that we're tired of being put in last place. We need to put ourselves in first place. We're tired of being put at the back of the bus. We want to drive the damn bus. We want to own the damn bus. We're going to build the damn bus, and we're going to build our own bus if we have to. Put your hashtag B1 in the chat if you believe that black, the black man and the black woman, we are the original man, the original woman. Uh, we are great. We are extraordinary. Foundational black Americans have something in our blood, in our DNA that nobody else has. We were the ones who survived the slave dungeons. We survived the Middle Passage. We survived 250 years of the most brutal slavery known to mankind. We survived 100 years of Jim Crow, 40 years of mass incarceration. We survived the Biden crime bill, and we are still shining. So what I want you guys to do is put a hashtag B1 if you agree with that so that we can go ahead and get it popping and have a good conversation. So here's the deal. Uh, Barack Obama went on to the Breakfast Club. Uh, I was really interested to see how that goes. Uh, he, he's a much smarter guy than a lot of the other people that have gone on there. Kamala Harris interviewed on The Breakfast Club and she fell on her face, looked kind of silly. I think she said she was smoking weed with Tupac back in 1986 or something. I forgot what it was. Or listening to Pac and Biggie. It, it was something crazy, right? Then Joe Biden interviewed with Charlemagne, the guy. Charlemagne and I had actually talked not too long before that. And, uh, and I respect Charlemagne immensely because he's one of those guys who's in love with Powernomics, has immense respect for Dr. Claude Anderson, and also, also was seeking the right kinds of questions to ask. And he's not scared to say the word black. He doesn't say things like minority, people of color, all that other stuff, diversity, all these other watered down terms that are designed to keep us in the same place. He actually says the word black. He, he brings the coffee black. And now he ain't perfect now. We know Charlemagne is Charlemagne, right? Sometimes he says stuff where I don't agree with that. But I but I actually respect him because he's trying. He's trying. That's all I want is for people to try. So uh, Charlemagne interviewed Joe Biden. And you saw what happened when he asked Joe Biden a couple of hard questions. He asked him those Boyce Watkins questions. And I, I texted him a couple of things. I was like, here, ask him about this. Oh, this, this will mess him up. And Charlemagne actually brought some of that stuff up. And Joe Biden buckled like a bitch. Joe Biden got all tongue-tied and the the Dad, 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 like asking the the broke baby daddy why he ain't paid child support in eighteen years. <laughs> he ain't got no explanation, right? He's only got excuses. So that's what your government is. Your government. Um, unfortunately, is uh, a little bit of an absentee parent when it comes to what they owe the black community. Your, your government knows for a fact. These politicians know the black ones and the white ones alike. Uh, they all can count. They all know how to do math. They all went to Harvard and Yale and Stanford. All these people know that black people are, are, are owed about $15 trillion for this thing called slavery. All of these people know 
that black people are owed for 250 years of free labor. All these people know about all the trillions of dollars in wealth that was stolen from black people when you gave everybody else the Homestead Act and didn't give black people nothing. You gave them millions of acres of land, didn't give black people any of that. We want that land. All these people know that when you gave out the GI Bill, shout out to my veterans. Thank you for serving your country. I love every one of you. Uh, and, and I never let anybody disrespect a veteran. My daddy's a veteran. He went to Vietnam. And, and a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of them, they all know that when the GI Bill was rolled out and millions of veterans were allowed to buy homes for the first time, that your granddaddy and your grandmama were not allowed to participate. They know this. They know that when they were given land and, and, and property and assets to every damn immigrant that came from every damn country on this earth, they were putting all those people ahead of black folks. They know these things. Barack knows these things. Barack is a smart man. He knows these things. But they want to pretend like these things did not happen. And that is the divide and conquer that occurs in this country. That is why, until this is addressed in a formal way, I can't really spend a lot of time believing on any planet that Barack Obama's existence as a politician is relevant to black people at all. It's not because I don't believe, look, I, I live down the street from this man. I lived two blocks from Barack Obama for many years. I would see the big presidential motorcades roll through. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I think he's a super smart guy. He's a professor. I'm a professor. I have a PhD. He has a law degree. He taught at University of Chicago. I taught at Syracuse. I, I, I think the guy's brilliant. I really do. I think he is so much better than Trump when it comes to presenting yourself in a presidential fashion. He is cool, calm, and collected. He thinks about every word. Every word hangs on, every, every syllable hangs on his tongue and before he lets it out. And I just think that's really, really cool and strategic. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. You put on the wrong uniform for me to truly believe that you can never really do anything for black people other than be yet another one of the 10 billion symbolic uh, gestures that have been thrown out to keep black people at bay. You, 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 you cannot on any planet convince me that, that Barack Obama is a guy that is, is able to have an impact that is in any way consistent with the amount of love and admiration that black people have for him because black people tend to admire any black person who is loved by white people. You are white supremacists. That's your problem. That's why you can't move forward. You're white supremacists. You love Barack, not because you really love him on your own independent terms, not because you decided that you love him. You love him because white people love him. You love him because they gave him money. You love him because they gave him a position of power. You love him because he was on TV. That's why you fucking love him because you didn't love him when they didn't love him. You didn't love him back in 2005, back when nobody thought that he had a chance to be president. You didn't give a damn about him. You didn't love him. I remember going on CNN in 2006 when Obama was running against Hillary Clinton. Barack was not, he was, there was no way anybody in their right mind thought Barack was going to win the White House. Nobody thought that. Hillary was blowing everybody away. She was the elephant in the room. And I remember I was on CNN and I said, you know, this guy out of Chicago, I can't remember his name exactly. Barack Obama, I think yeah, he he got uh, he, he was endorsed by Oprah. I think that Oprah endorsement might mean something. This guy might actually go on and win the White House. And I said, I watched his video. He seems pretty smart. I think he's I think that Hillary's probably shaking in her boots. I think Hillary is seeing the, the, the canary in the mine right now and sees that this guy might actually be a, a real contender. And at that time, it sounded crazy. But then again, who knows? Maybe maybe that's a little bit of the visionary in us. If you, you gain the courage to listen to your instincts instead of listening to media, which lies to you and, and feeds you propaganda, then you might also be able to gain that same level of vision. So my vision told me this guy is going to be a thorn in Hillary's side. Now, I didn't know if he's going to win, but I said he's going to get 30, 40, 50 percent of that black vote. And that's going to cause some problems. So that's the deal. You, you, didn't, you don't love Obama because you think he's doing great things for you. You love him because he's doing great things for them. Well, why is that? Well, that's because you've been trained to think that way since slavery. You've always been trained to put other people in front of you. And that's why you never get ahead. That's why you celebrate an eight-year presidency that didn't seem to move the black community forward on any measuring stick that I can think of. You, you, you celebrate Joe Biden, who put more black men in prison than any, any politician in the history of this country. You celebrate that. But then when Ice Cube comes out and says, well, why don't you do something for black folk? Y'all want to beat him up like he's a member of the KKK. What the hell is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? So let's get back to Barack Obama. 
Let's get back to Barack Obama. I want to make this 100% clear. I do not hate this man. I don't. I just love you more than, 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 I, than I like him. I don't, I don't care much about his career relative to what I care about the black community. So Barack goes on uh, The Breakfast Club and does an extraordinary interview. Uh, he is cool. He answers the questions in a really uh, awesome way that comes off as authentic and transparent. Now, of course, as a politician in his position, you can't tell everybody everything. Right. But he's, he goes into the struggles with his marriage and that Michelle didn't really believe in what he was trying to do and, and what that was like. And I mean, I, I like the interview a lot. He talked about how he had a relationship counseling with Michelle to kind of work through some of the issues. And I can identify with that. Alicia, Alicia and I got a, a, a marriage coach before we even got married. We ain't married yet. We got a marriage coach just to make sure that we don't kill each other before the wedding date. It happens. It happens. Good advice. Good advice. He's a smart man. Listen to his advice on life because he can help you become successful. He's a smart man. But there's a difference between a smart man who becomes successful in their world versus a smart man who becomes successful by having an impact on your world. There's a difference between a man who goes off and and gets validated by a racist white supremacist society that won't even acknowledge the $15 trillion debt that they owe you versus a man who actually becomes successful by putting you as his top priority. If you want to know why in every day, every podcast that we do on Dr. Boyce TV, I always start off by saying to you clearly that we are black first. We're putting our community at the top of the priority list. We don't use words like minority and diversity and inclusion and, and or, or talk about slavery while, while at the same time talking about immigrants and, and gay people and all the other shit. No, no, you're first. You matter. You matter. And the, the big problem with the politicians that you worship, you give more respect to these people who get validated by white folks than you give to your own people in your own community who are really doing the work, who are in the dirt and the mud, in the hood, getting shot at, dealing with taking care of little babies that ain't got no parents. You, you give more respect to a guy on TV who will never, ever talk to you in person because he's too busy talking to a thousand other white people first. You give more respect to him than you give to people that actually matter to you. That is a self-esteem issue. That is a self-esteem issue because, because, because when I tell you that you matter, a lot of y'all don't think that you matter. A lot of y'all don't think, like a lot of y'all think it's, it's insane for anybody to put the black community first. So uh, if, if that's insanity, then, then I, I would rather be crazy than to fit in with all this nonsense that's all around me. Why, why do I say that with confidence? Well, because we know that this isn't working. We know that the black community is not better off. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Let me do a quick survey. How many of you feel that the black community is markedly better off due to the Obama presidency? How many of you, give me a yes or no. How many of you feel that the Obama presidency just blew the rails off, that we just, that we dug up the dirt, that we just dealt with some major issues, that we, that black wealth is, is going to skyrocket now and, and black businesses are just off the chain and, and black people in just such a better position than we were before he became president. How many of you feel that way? Give me a yes or no. Most of you are saying no. Most of you are saying no. And, and, and that's why I would challenge a Barack Obama because here's the deal. I, could, I got the sense of that interview that he said, I want to I want to teach black people how politics works. I want to teach black people to modify their expectations so that they're not expecting black politicians to come out at, like Black Panthers and, and save the world. I, I want to teach black people so that they 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 lower their expectations and realize that you, when you're talking to an audience as president, you got to talk to you talking to black people, but you got to talk to a billion white people, too. Some of these white people don't like black people. So you got to appease them, too. So what you're basically saying, for the most part, to be clear on this, though, is that you're in a position that you've put yourself in a, in a space where you don't have the ability to solve significant problems in the black community. You know, you're, you're like a guy who's saying, you know, you're, you've got a, 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 a patient you're a doctor and you've got a patient that needs extensive heart surgery. They need a 14 hour procedure. And you are trying to do the procedure while you're in another state operating on 10 other people at the same time. And so when your patient dies, you say, hey, you didn't die because I'm not a good doctor. You died because I can't work on your illness and these other 10 patients that all live in other states. 
So, so, and that's fine for a doctor to say that, but, but that's cool. Just don't send me a bill as if you actually did the damn job. Like, don't expect me to praise you the same way I praise that doctor who sat there with me specifically and worked on my body for 14 straight hours. You will never get the same respect as the doctor who sat with me one-on-one -on -one and dealt with my specific issue so that he could do specific surgery on my specific body right there. That requires a commitment. So a lot of your black politicians, unfortunately, and Barack is in this category, no disrespect to him. It's, it's, a, it's, about, it's about shifting expectations. So to some extent, Obama and I are kind of doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. He's trying to shift your expectations and let you know, look, I got to be the president of everybody. We heard that 10 years ago. We're hearing it again now, and I totally get that, right? But what I'm trying to say, the only difference is, is I'm saying he's right. He can't be the president of black people. He's got to be the president of everybody. So stop treating him like he's somehow a black leader or a hero to the black community. There are a thousand black people I could name who've made a 10 times greater contribution to black people than this man, but you give him the set more respect than you give those people who are really out there putting it on the line for you. Do you follow what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? It's like if you have a child and the child has two parents and they have a mother who is there with them every day and feeds them every day, and maybe she doesn't have a lot of money, but she gives the child all her spare time, but versus a father who is a, a multimillionaire who's brilliant, who sees the child once a year. Well, those two parents are not going to get the same the same respect as, 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 as parents. They're not going to get the same response from the child. The child's not going to see those two parents as, as equals. And the dad can say, no, 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 but look at me. I won the Nobel Prize. I, I went out and I made a million dollars. I run a billion dollar corporation. But the child's going to be like, yeah, daddy, but you, but mama fed me every morning. Mama was there for me when I needed her. When I got sick, you didn't even, my, Mama was in the hospital with me the whole time. And you didn't even know that I got sick. You found out about it after I got better. So, so the, the, the deal is that, you know, when you're talking about uh, Barack Obama and you're talking about a lot of black politicians, what you're really referring to are absentee parents. You're really referring to absentee parents who want to get the same respect as a parent who fed that child every single day. Absentee parents are not the same as parents who feed you every day. So with Barack Obama, I don't convict him of anything. I think that what he did by trying to shift the expectations of black people when it comes to politics was entirely appropriate. But what I, where I deviate from what I think he was trying to do is, is I will jump in and say, yes, you're absolutely correct. You can't be the president of just black people. You have to answer to all these other constituencies, which is exactly why there are other people in the community who deserve more credit than you. There are other people in the community who are really putting the black community first, who are focused on the black community, almost entirely on the black community. And as many accolades as you receive from white people, and some black people think that's wonderful because there are a lot of black people who truly believe that we are better off as black people if white people accept us, right? So as many accolades as you might have gotten from white people, those accolades don't mean shit to me where I come from because it, it, it literally amounts to nothing. You're, 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 you're a guy who's really good at your job, and your job is to keep black people consistent with the system. Your job is to protect and to defend the status quo. Your job, and I get that job, I totally understand it, but it puts us at a conflict of interest because I don't want to maintain the status quo. I don't want black folks to just sit and be happy or to feel like the only way we can actually get reparations is if y'all go take care, care of gay people first. I don't want to be, I don't want to sit around and just say, well, you know, if we can't eliminate poverty, then we can't go deal with reparations. What does poverty have to do with reparations with the fact that you owe us $15 trillion? I don't want to hear you talk about how you want to let in all the immigrants so they can undermine the power of the black vote, take resources out of the hands of black people and make us somehow vote against our interests. I'm not doing that because you need to put us first. If you can't put us first, then that's fine. We just had nothing else to talk about. So what I'm saying to you is that I watched this interview, right? And uh, do me a favor if you could. Actually, let me pause for a minute. Please hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. And uh, also, uh, if, if feel free. I don't know if you guys know, but the Black Business School 
is there. We're black first. We focus only on the black community and only on solving the wealth gap. I use every ounce of my PhD and all the experts that I know to help you solve this problem without going $200,000 in debt for a college degree. The number one factor that is killing black wealth is student loan debt. And so we, we, we avoid that. We believe that you can actually get an education where if you do spend money, you're spending money in your community instead of going to some racist university, which is preparing you to get a better job working for a white person. And then they're going to take all your wealth at the same time. These are some of the factors that are in place that are destroying the black community and killing black wealth. So the black business school is out there. You can actually get started for free. So feel free to go to the blackbusinessschool.com. The URL is right there. So, so here, here's what, Here's what I want to say about the Obama interview. Let me get a little bit specific here. I don't want I don't want to talk about this all day, but but I, I first of all I think Barack Obama is a great speaker, right? I think he's an awesome speaker. Um, he appeared to be honest in the interviews. I I mean I don't know how much you know was honest and dishonest, but he sounds honest. He's a great. He's just great. He's better than Trump. He's better than Biden. He's better. Than, I mean I don't I don't I can think of a president who's a better speaker than him. Um, he uses a Jackie Robinson comparison earlier. He talks about how Jackie Robinson basically had to compromise in order to fit into the, the major leagues. He uses Jackie Robinson as an analogy. So I want to finish up with that analogy. I want to run with that analogy that he made to Jackie Robinson. Okay. I want you to really go back and really truly reflect on Jackie Robinson. Now I know that Barack and Michelle, based on that ideology that says that the closer we get to white people, the better off we are, or uh, the more white people accept us, the, the better we are, which is a very dangerous assumption because these these people fucking hate you. Just so you know, like like if you're walk, if you're going to school, if your child goes to school every day and believes that their goal is to get the bully who hates them to like them more, like they're literally going to school. Think about how stupid that would be. Give me a yes or no if you get this analogy. Imagine if your child went to school every day and said, my number one goal is not to love myself. It's not to find proper friends. It's not for me to find my potential. But my goal is every day when I go to school, I'm going to find the bully who beat my ass and took my lunch every day. And I want to get that mother, I want to get that kid to love me as much as possible. The more he likes me, the more he lets me eat lunch with him, the 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 better of a person I am. Tell me yeah, tell me yes or no if you get how crazy that would be. Tell me yes or no if you understand why that is a sick destructive mindset for your child to have. Do you follow what I'm saying? That would be insane. But that's what you do. That's exactly what you do. You are trained through things like, and I hate saying this because it's sacrilegious to say this. Some people that haven't been trained on these issues who've never read books like Powernomics and Black Labor, White Wealth are going to think I'm crazy for saying this. But you have been trained to believe that being around white people is somehow a mark of success. And when you really wake up and you understand how the world works, you actually realize that it's getting away from those people that makes you better. Your child should be getting away from the bullies, not moving toward them. They should be fighting the bullies, not trying to become friends with them. They should be uh, forming their own coalitions and not trying to form coalitions with the people who beat them up and took their lunch money and called them names and made fun of them. Right. That's they're going backward. So a lot of black folks are just going backward, including many of your educated black people. Uh, and, 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 and unfortunately, even people that you know, push an ideology similar to what Obama was discussing, this idea. So he used Jackie Robinson as his example. He says, well, when Jackie Robinson got into the major leagues, you know, he had to take a cleat to the leg and he couldn't he couldn't fight back and he couldn't do this and couldn't do that. Right. So so he's explaining this to say, you know, hey, it takes a lot of discipline to get these white folks to like you. And, you know, because we, we know how hard it is and we know that sometimes they don't see things the way we see it. So so we got to kind of, you know, just kind of let them just beat our ass a little more and and and, and, and whatever. And so what he's unfortunately doing and I'm not I'm not trying to be derogatory when I say this but I have to be honest with you because again, I love you more than I love him. I like him. I do. I like him as a guy. I'm sure we could be friends. He seems like a really cool dude, but, but I love you more than I like him. And I'm just going to tell you that what he's doing is he's coaching you on apologetic politics. He's coaching you on how to apologize to the bully so that maybe the bully won't beat your ass so bad next time. He's teaching you how to, he's teaching you that Jackie Robinson was it was this wonderful glaring success when some would argue a uh, dr claude anderson might argue dr claude anderson by the way he would you know when when charlamagne the god read powernomics he fell in love with it when kanye west read powernomics he fell in love with it when ice cube read powernomics he fell in love with it when i read powernomics i fell in love with it so so black men love powernomics ideologies because black men are saying we're not here to let anybody kick us in the ass you've done enough of that 
Now we're going to kick you in your ass. Now we're going to fight back. And now you're going to have to deal with that. So, so effectively, those who celebrate the Jackie Robinsons of the world are celebrating apologetic politics when there are people who would say that Jackie Robinson might have actually been what you might consider to be a bit of a failure, not because Jackie's a bad person, but because you must think about this. You're playing in the Negro leagues. The black, black people own the Negro leagues. Black people are building wealth in the Negro leagues. If the Negro leagues had survived, the Negro leagues would be worth tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars because they had the best baseball players in the world. And we own all of that shit. There were businesses being built off the Negro leagues. So, but, but because you thought whiteliness was next to godliness, because you've been trained on this false standard to say that the closer I get to them, the better off I am. The closer I get, the more the bully becomes my friend, then the, the more worthy I actually am. Because you've been trained that way, we celebrate Jackie Robinson as a success. So if you want to know why you're going backward, it's because you think that failures are successes and successes are failures. You think you think that your heroes are the villains and that your villains are the heroes. You celebrate the things that destroy you and destroy the things that celebrate you. That's why you're not going forward, because there's nothing about Jackie Robinson's story that says that that benefited the black community at all. All that did was that created a few elite Negroes, so a few untouchables that that are sitting up in heaven with, with, with the with the rest of the white folks. And, and, and the masses are still sitting there in poverty, right? When Jackie Robinson leaves the Negro Leagues and they lose billions of dollars in long-term wealth that would have been created from the ownership of that league, well, Jackie Robinson does great. You know, he becomes a hero. Of course he should be a hero to white people. They got a great baseball player out of it. They got, you know, black folks bring swag to anything that we do. We bring an extra element to whatever we do. So they won, you lost. But you thought you won because you believe that being next to them makes you a better person. So the Jackie Robinson analogy really got my attention because I said, I don't want to be Jackie Robinson. I don't want, I don't think that that's a win for us. What if Boyce Watkins said, I want to be the next Jackie Robinson. I want white people to accept me into their institutions. So to hell with these black people, to hell with this whole black business school thing. I'm going to go to Wall Street. I'm going to sit with the white boys. I'm going to get some bread for my family and I'm going to be good. Right. I have a Ph.D. in finance. That's very rare. Very few African-Americans have a doctorate in finance. So so my knowledge would be gold. I have trained hundreds of students that are now experts on Wall Street. So I could go there and get crazy paid because I want to be the Jackie Robinson of my community, which means that I win. My community loses because instead of talking to you every day, I'm now talking to them. Instead of serving your interests, I'm serving their interests. Instead of applying my knowledge to your problems, I'm applying my knowledge to their problems. Do you dig what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Can you dig it? How about that? There, there you go. That's, that, give me a yes or no in the chat so I can know that you guys are getting what I'm saying here. I'm trying to make sure I control my words as they come out because I don't want to be too mean to Barack Obama because I really, when I, I promise you guys when I tell you, I don't hate the guy. I really don't. I just think that we have to rethink our process a little bit so that we stop getting suckered into sitting in place and sitting still and not moving forward. You cannot do this, Black people. You cannot keep repeating what you're doing because it ain't working. It's not working. You had a Black president. It ain't working. (laughs) None of this is working. So at least listen to creative ideas because the other ideas are not working. So here's here's the next piece I noticed in the in the interview. Um, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the share and subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live. If you want to listen to me on Spotify, I do have a Spotify podcast. Uh, you can go to the drboysbreakdown.com. It's right there. That's the URL. So, Or you can go to Spotify and just search for the Dr. Boyce Breakdown. That's, that's the audio if you want to listen to it in your ears while you're working out or driving or whatever the case may be. And also, you can text the word Boyce to 31996 to get text notifications when I go live. Text Boyce to 31996. So, so here's another thing that was really interesting. Um, when you know they they did a good job in the with the Breakfast Club team. I, I just like all of them. I like Envy, Charlemagne, Angela Yee. They were always very nice to me when I went on the show. Um, and I and I you know and I know I'm a little bit radical, so I'm probably not a guy that needs to be on there too often. I instead I've I've, I've sent to other people 
because I really don't. I, I did it four times. I don't want to do it anymore, honestly, for a while, maybe maybe once every couple of years or something. But I, but I kind of I like other people going on there because um, I'm crazy. I, I wouldn't have me on if I were them. Uh, but but one thing that they did a good job of asking was they asked about uh, the critics. They said, what do you think about the critics? And uh, one of the things that Obama responded with was, you know, he basically seemed to be making the argument that black people are better off because of his presidency. He, he of course, points to health care. Right. He points to Obamacare, which I'm not here to criticize Obamacare on any level. I'm not here to say that it was a bad thing. Um, I think that the problem with Obamacare is that because your government has become so corporatized and all that money and politics has disrupted your ability to actually pursue righteous democracy. Uh, the capitalism in your society overwhelms the democracy in your society. That's why the, the poweronomics idea of developing an economic base in the black community so that you can then control the politics of your community is an adequate model because the money kind of fucks up everything. So Obama is trying to reform health care, which is a noble objective. Hillary Clinton was the last person to try to do it. She couldn't do it. Uh, and, and the reason that they that it was so difficult is because the money is so incestuous in that whole process. Uh, the, the healthcare industry spends billions of dollars lobbying politicians and and pulling strings and getting people in and out of office that they make it almost impossible for anybody to do the right thing. So what happens is that you end up having to create things like Obamacare, where you're kind of doing the impossible and screwing the American people in the process. What do I mean by that? Well, Joe Biden, because Joe Biden's going to do the same thing with student loans. Here's what happens. So you say, I want to do something good for the people. Well, the, the, the corporations step up and they say, oh, well, we'd love to help you do that, right? We'd love to help you write that bill. Well, of course they would. Of course the fox would fucking want to go run, help you run the hen house, right? <laughs> of course they want to help you run the hen house. So like, yeah, we'd love to help you. So what they do is they'll say, well, well, you can help the people as long as we don't lose any money. You know, you can help them as long as you don't hurt us. So you can give them something, but you can't take anything away from us. So if we were making a billion and you give them a billion, that's cool. You just got to come up with $2 billion. Well, what happens? Well, then the government has to go in the coffers and, and deepen the, the, the deficit, right? And, and literally screw the taxpayer by finding a way to keep the companies happy and to do something for the people. So Obamacare becomes this weird thing where... You know, I don't think it necessarily made America better. And it wasn't because Barack did it that way. I think it's because the, the financial pressure, the capitalism creates an inherent corruption that makes it difficult for anybody to really do the right thing. Right. So so basically, Obamacare, though, I, I, I give him credit for this. This guy, you know, health care was personal for him. LGBT and health care. Those were two things I felt were personal for him. Um, and uh, and you can speculate on all the reasons why. I've heard a lot of the speculations, right, when he was named the first gay president by Newsweek or whatever. I, I kind of felt like there's something there, right? But, 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 but I don't even care about that. I don't even care about any of that. What I am saying, though, is that Black people were not a passion in the sense of saying, okay, I'm going to really break the rules. I'm going to really, you know, pay a big price with my political capital, maybe my reputation capital to really go hard and go deep for black folks. And the reason, a part of the reason that doesn't happen is because people that think that way never get a chance to get to the white house. So Barack is just not that guy. Barack is not the guy who's going to come through for black folks on any significant level. Even after the presidency, a lot of the stuff that they're going to do, like he and Michelle are going to be to sort of preserve, you know, their, their, you know, 80,000 square foot house in Martha's Vineyard or whatever that thing is, 20,000. It's some massive thing that they bought in Martha's Vineyard. They're going to write books, make movies, give speeches and be this sort of royal family that kind of runs around the world and, 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 and makes people cry and scream and get excited because because people are emotional. Right. And and that symbolism, it's, it's about as meaningful as uh, when I watch uh, the Dallas Cowboys on TV back when the Cowboys were good. And I enjoy watching my Cowboys on TV because it was exciting to see my team go to the Super Bowl back when they were actually good. And, uh, and, and that's it. But here's the problem though, right? Here's the problem. Me watching the Dallas Cowboys does nothing for my family, right? Me getting excited because uh, the Louisville Cardinals won an NCAA championship. It does nothing to improve my condition. 
right? So, so for black people sitting there getting excited about the Obamas and that royal family and how cute Sasha and Malia have become as they've grown into beautiful young women or how excited, how proud you were to see a black man in the White House because you think that it's a wonderful thing when a black man gets accepted by white people. That does nothing for your community. It's going to do nothing for your black family. Your black family will be, your children will be in the same shitty position that you were in in the year 2020. In the year 2050, you will have the same problems as a community that you had in the year 2020. You will make no progress. There will be nothing that you can say about an Obama presidency that you can use to be indicative of progress for the black community, largely because you haven't addressed the elephant in the room. I don't recall. I only watched maybe about four, about 75% of that Obama interview. But to this day, I have not once heard that man mention the word reparations at all. He has not said the word reparations at all. And if, if Obama hears this or any of his friends hear this, I want you to play this part for him where I need you to come out in fucking public and say the word reparations, goddammit. Why won't you say the word? Why everybody in the chat right now, type in the word hashtag reparations. Type in that word. We're going to get focused in the shit real quick. The word reparations, hashtag reparations, put it in the chat. I'm, I'm not kidding. I don't know Barack. I never met him. I live down the block from him. I know a lot of people that know him, you know, and you get, you get elite Negroes, you know, like whatever, you get a little bit of money, whatever you kind of bump into people. And I'm, and I make things awkward for people because I can't be friends with everybody. I don't like to be friends with celebrities and, and mainstream, mainstream black people because they're, they're also unfortunately corrupted. Because they realize they've kind of decided, like, okay, if I really get along with white people, they're going to take good care of me financially. And you can't get too comfortable in that space if you're really trying to get something done. You, you cannot get too comfortable in the middle of the nonsense. Like, you have to have enough independence to be able to say, look, I love you. You can be my friend. You're my boy. We're cool. I have no problem with you. But there's this reparations issue that none of the politicians will mention. Kamala Harris hasn't said the word once. Joe Biden hasn't said the word once. But yet you expect me to love you as if you actually did something for me. It'd be one thing if you expected nothing from me. It'd be one thing if Biden and and Harris ran, and eventually they're going to be able to do this. That's why they're bringing in so many immigrants. Eventually they're going to be able to run and say, you know what, we don't care much about the black community. They already did that with the black man. They've already decided the black man doesn't really fucking matter that much. They're like, whatever, y'all go vote for Trump, do what the fuck you want. You you don't matter anyway, right? And so they're like, we're just going to go after the women. We're going to go after the women, starting with the AKAs, and that's why we're picking Kamala. If Kamala wasn't an AKA, and pretending to be a black woman or whatever she is. I have no idea what her heritage is. Honestly, it doesn't matter to me that much. Uh, but 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 if she wasn't who she was, she never would have been the running mate, right? So, so, so they're going after the black women because they've given up on the black man. And eventually they will give up on the black woman too. They will have, they will say, look, we got enough people from south of the border coming across that they're, and they're now voting that we really don't need black people anymore because we've, we've, we've sufficiently suppressed and eliminated and completely watered down the black vote to the point where it means nothing. There was a time where black people were more than a third of the country, damn near a half of the country at one point. Now we're like maybe 12% or something like that. And so it's good. The number is going to keep dropping because they're getting you, they're destroying you and getting you to help them. They're burying your body and getting you to buy the shovel and to dig the damn grave. That's what they're doing because some of our people are too stupid to sit back and actually ask questions and try to process things. We just go along and do whatever we're told to do by the people that we admire. And that's how the hustle goes. So again, I throw out this phrase. I ask this basic fundamental question. It's a simple fucking question. It's an important issue. The issue is on the tips of the tongues of every real black person out here in the community. But the, the problem is that these real black people don't get a chance to go on mainstream TV because they don't want your voice out there. But there's millions of you. And I'm here to speak for the people that don't have a voice. I'm here to talk for the people that can't get on CNN because CNN don't want that type of truth. I'm here to talk for the people that can't get uh, an, an ear of the White House, that, that will never get a meeting with Joe Biden. Right. But these people exist. And it is fascinating to me how they act like you don't exist at all, except for when they want your vote. So the word for today is reparations. Put the word reparations in the chat. I'd like to know why Barack Obama. I'm not being mean here when I say this. I'm trying not to be mean. I'm trying to calm myself down. Why is it that you, Kamala and Joe and even Michelle have never said the word reparations in public 
it's almost as if somebody told you not to do that. And you know, as well as I do, the math ain't complicated. The math is not complicated. You you don't need, you know, I used to teach calculus at the University of Kentucky, so I know math pretty well, but I'm going to tell you, you don't need calculus to know that black people are owed trillions of dollars for our stolen labor. Why is that not on the table of discussion? Why is that not? Why is that not being discussed? So, so here, so, so when they did ask, uh, when Charlemagne did ask Obama some good questions about black people, uh, which I appreciated, uh, he did what the Democratic Party tends to do. They went to the cheap stuff. They, they diverted the conversation over to civil rights instead of economic rights. Uh, they started talking about, you know, justice and fairness and equity and all these other things. And those things are nice. But I'm going to tell you like this. Um, I know people that got money and I know people that have wealth and people, wealthy people don't have to fight for justice and equal rights because because they live in a capitalist society where uh, the wealth that you have allows you to defend yourself and to create your own equal rights. If you run a business and it's a black owned business and you're able to go to the bank and borrow a couple hundred thousand dollars to run to make sure your business is solid, then you ain't worried. You ain't run around here screaming about equal rights and oppression because you, you, you got equal, you got all the equal rights that you want inside your damn business. You have all the equal rights you want inside your family. When you have institutions, you're not out here begging for equal rights. You're not running across town begging somebody for a job. You're not here, out here begging other people to treat you with respect. You, you're able to say, I'm a man, goddammit. This is my house. This is my family. If anybody's going to be begging for equal rights, it's going to be the visitor. The visitor will be begging for equal rights because I live here. This is my shit. This is my company. I run this damn thing, so I don't need to beg you for equal rights because I own something. You see, so if you're talking about something that's really going to work, black people, and you know, and, and and I hope I hope you guys get what I'm saying. I'm not here to bash on Barack Obama or anything like that. He's got his, but I bet you anything that Barack Obama and his little black babies ain't got to worry nothing about no damn civil rights being violated or fighting for equal rights and justice and all that stuff. You know why? Because their mom and daddy have about a hundred million dollars in the bank. It doesn't take a hundred million dollars though to be free or to be strong in America. Maybe you could do it for a hundred thousand. Maybe if you got fifty grand. Maybe if you just at least have some enough financial security that you don't have to go beg and scrape and, and and cuff yourself under a white man's balls just to pay the rent every month. Like maybe that's the goal, right? And 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 so reparations and dealing with America's debt to black people should be the number one priority of any black person who wants to be politically involved. We should be one. I I believe we should be single issue voters on that particular issue. Just give me my damn money and we'll be fine. No, don't paint Black Lives Matter on the street because you're just going to fuck up the street. Fuck you. Pay me. Uh, No, 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 no. Don't talk to me about how how you respect my you know, you respect my traditions and you think hip hop is wonderful. And so you're going to impress me because you wore a goddamn pair of Timberlands to 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 some sort of uh, publicity event. I I, know. Fuck you. Pay me. Uh, No, don't don't stop. No, 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 please. I don't really need you to give me a speech on diversity, equity and inclusion or whatever. Fuck you. Pay me like pay. Cut the check. If you cut the check, then we're good. If you don't cut the check. We're not good because until you cut the check, you're basically gaslighting me and you're gaslighting me because you don't respect me. You're gaslighting me because you think I'm stupid. You're gaslighting me because you think my self-esteem is so low that I will accept flattery instead of payment. That you think that if you flatter me and you tell me like, well, you know, we accept black people now. Well, I don't care if you accept me. I accept it myself. I don't need you to accept me. Why? And why would I want you to accept me? Unfortunately, your behavior has been has been pretty disgusting. Like you've treated people pretty badly. I don't really pride myself on getting terrible people to accept me. So maybe you need to learn how to accept yourself or get some therapy first before I'll even allow you to be my friend. You know, so so I'm just going to tell you, you know, I, I, I respect Obama as a smart guy and everything else. But if you ask me tomorrow, would I want to be president of the United States? The answer is no, I would never do it. I wouldn't do it. Why in the hell would I want to work around people who do some of the horrible shit that the American government has done around the world? I mean, if you if you I mean, if you really want to be for real, for real about it. Y'all remember Gaddafi was doing some good work in Africa. Now he's not doing anything in Africa because he's dead. That did happen under Obama's watch. You know, I, I'm not I'm not putting that on him. I know his job is complex. There's a lot of factors I don't know about. But I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, I'd like to really understand that a little bit better. And I personally cannot feel like you're a guy that's really got my best interests at heart. I definitely know 
that you're putting your faith in the wrong people. Um, I think that if you want to buy his book um, and, and, you know, to be supportive or to be nice or whatever, that's fine. Uh, but for the most part, Barack Obama is just another black man, a powerless black man with a job. That's it. He's like he's like your relative who works at Burger King, but he can't even give you no free food because his manager's watching him while he's on the clock. So he's serving all the paying customers and you sitting there hungry and shit and shit. And you're like, hey, man, why don't you hook me up? You got that job at Burger King. And he's like, hey, dog, I can't I can't do nothing for you, man, because I got to take care of the customers. So Obama's in the White House and you, the whole community sitting there. We're like we're starving. We need some help. Can you, you got this big job in the White House? You know, it's all fancy. You're making big money. We're real proud of you. Can you hook us up now that you have access to all this wealth and power? And he's sitting there saying, well, you know, man, I, I wish I could do something, dog, but I really can't do nothing because I got to serve the paying customers. I got to take care of the billionaires. I got to take care of the white people. I got to take care of the Republicans. I got to take care of the gay people. I got to take care of the immigrants. I can't I ain't really got nothing left over. Right? I can give you a French fry or something, but that's about it. Then you would literally look at a person like that and say, well, what the fuck are you there for? Why, why the hell did you ask me to loan you money so you could go to the Gap to get you a suit so you could do that damn job interview? Because you told me that when you got that job, you was going to come hook us up. That we would get a free burger or something at least, right? You gave us nothing. You're taking care of yourself and taking care of other people. Well, next time you need me, I won't be there. And that's what I'm saying to you guys. When, you know, the problem is not that Obama was a, was a, is a do-nothing character for the black community. That's fine. There's a lot of people in the, the there's a lot of Negroes with jobs that do nothing for black people. I'm not even mad about that. Right. That's kind of the standard. That, that's that's why your community's failing, too, because you got a lot of do nothing Negroes who think they're successful because white people gave them a job. But the problem is not that he was a do nothing in the White House. The problem is that he was a do nothing who demands the respect of a do something. The problem is not that he didn't give you any benefits to his presidency, not any direct, tangible, specific benefits. But that's not the issue. The issue is that he demanded your vote in order to get that power. See, see so that's the thing. It's like if I go into a store, the problem is not that when you don't give me a product, that's fine. You don't have to give me anything. The problem is when you ask me to pay in advance and then you didn't give me nothing. Now I'm mad. Now I'm pissed. Now I'm going to report you to HR or some shit. Now I'm going to report of the Better Business Bureau or something. Now I'm going to come in there kicking, screaming, acting a damn fool because you fucked me. You robbed me. Obama and his friends, the Democrats, they robbed the black community in every damn election. That's my problem with them. So if you want to know why, like some people say, well, Doc, why are you so obsessed? Why are you obsessed with Biden and Obama? I'm obsessed with anybody that's robbing a group of people that have nothing left to give. I'm obsessed with anybody who will have the audacity to come and rob Obama. You know, talk about the audacity of hope. Well, you got the audacity of ripping people off where you have the audacity to rob a group of people who literally have been getting robbed for the last 400 years. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That that's, that's unconscionable. It's pathetic. And I don't think Obama himself is a pathetic person. I think that as a human being, I hope that he wants to do better. But I go back to that word reparations. Why will you not say the word reparations in public? What is wrong with you, Negro? Why can't you say that word? You got your tongue tied because you can say gay all day. You can say lesbian all day. You can say LGBT all day. You can say immigrant all day. You can talk about women's rights all day. Talk about feminism all day. But when it comes to the word reparations, for some reason, the man who is incredibly articulate suddenly becomes more tongue tied than the baby daddy who ain't paid child support in 18 years and don't want to answer no questions. That's all I got to say. I promise you guys, when I first started talking about this, I, I promised myself that I would not. I would not make more enemies with this commentary, but sometimes I get so mad that I have to say, and it comes out like that. And I can't apologize for it, but it makes me very sad because these are people that probably would have been my friends in a regular life. I lived, I lived down the street where I lived in Chicago. Barack Obama was a block and a half up. Louis Farrakhan was a block and a half over. I went to Minister Farrakhan's house several times during the time I lived there. I did not go try to go to Barack Obama's house once uh, because I went, I wanted to meet the minister because we both have a similar problem that we want to 
get this community moving forward before we get old and die. And I wanted to support him in that mission because I believe that he's done quite a bit to help do that. Um, I did not feel the other guy was on board with that agenda. I felt the other guy was distracted because he's trying to make a million other people happy and putting black people at the bottom of the priority list. So there we go. That's my two cents on it. Um, I, I, I didn't, I, you know, I, I know I, I, I end up pissing people off and, and I'm telling you in Chicago, I had, I got a lot of enemies, a lot of elite Negroes can't stand me. And they cause first they get excited. They're like, Oh yeah, there's this black guy who's, who's like famous and stuff. And, and we want to be his friend. Cause that's what they want to do. But like rich people always want to be around like other people that they think can like do things for them. Then they like hear me talk and they start realizing like, I'm not the guy you want to be friends with. So I'm just telling you, it, you know, if you want to maintain your independence in the middle of a fight, um, you, you can't have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of friends. Now, even, even as much as I told you, I admire what ice cube uh, does you know, Ice Cube, I had to, I had to kind of, we vetted, we had to vet each other out first. You know, I, I think he had to see what I was about. I had to see what he was about. I was like, because I really can't, I don't want to have a lot of friends because a lot of this stuff is so incestuous and it's really unfortunate to me how they will just put the black community under the bus, you know? And I, and I think that, I mean, why can't you just talk about reparations? Why can't you just do something a little bit different? Why can't you be a little bit revolutionary for once in your life and really try to do something? I mean, sure, it might cost you about $5 million, but you got $100 million left over. You'll be okay. You'll, you'll never go broke. You can still buy the yacht in the private jet, right? Like, but go ahead, put, put it on the line for black folks. We need radical revolutionary solutions in order to, to fix this problem. If you don't have something that's radical and something that's different, then you're going to get exactly what you've been getting before. And that's the big issue that I think I, I have with a lot of these politicians is that they don't understand that when you're a black politician, you get elected with white folks money, then your job is pretty much to be the Negro that maintains the status quo. We need a better hero. We need a better group of people. And I encourage you guys to start in your own family and be your own hero. Uh, that That's what that's what's going to take you to the next level. So anyway, guys, I'm out of here. I hope that this helped you. I hope you guys gained something from this conversation. And uh, don't forget, text the word voice to 31996 if you want to get text alerts. Uh, also, I found this really cool app called Parler, uh, P-A-R-L-E-R. And uh, Parler, I'm uh, Dr. Bo- at Dr. Boyce Watkins on Parler. And um, and I hope you'll follow me on Parler. I like Parler, the Parler app, because it's um, it allows for freedom of speech. You know, Twitter likes to censor everything. If you get too black or you say too much of the truth or, or your own truth, whatever that may be, they, they like to block and censor. And they've sort of decided to, in a very fascist way, decide what truth is. They become the arbiters of truth and what speech is acceptable and not acceptable. And it really comes down to if it's not mainstream, then they they'll try to block it or block your account and all this other crazy stuff. Um, so um, the parlor app is just like Twitter, except you can do longer posts and also they don't censor you. So um, I'm on Parlor now doing a lot of stuff on there. So follow me on Parlor at Dr. Voice Watkins if you want to go do that. And also hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe and hit the notification bell. I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. Um, I love you. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Peace. Mm-hmm.